Welcome back, Letterman Row watchers, listeners, fans, readers, everyone around the world. This is Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, we are talking stuff about Ohio State recruiting brought to you by our good friends at Buyers Auto. If you're buying an auto, go to Buyers Auto. On the other line with me today is Spencer Holbrook, and we are once again going video lists, uh, at least for this week, as we uh, experiment with some new ways to bring you content and new ways to um, figure out the best way to to broach this, you know, great unknown that we're working into with the coronavirus scare. Spencer, what's up? Uh, not much. I'm quarantined. Not because I'm sick, but because I'm, oh. I'm trying to stay healthy. Oh, so. good idea. Uh, everyone should be self-quarantining as much as that pains me. See, the funny thing is I've been looking for like years for a reason to stay home and never see other people. Um, and now, like, I feel like I should. I, I constantly am thinking of ways to get out of the house. Like, oh, maybe I need to go get another gallon of milk. Like, I haven't drank a gallon of milk in 10 years, but yet for some reason I have four in the fridge. Yeah, I've made like five trips to the grocery store in the last week, and I don't really know why. Yeah, it's just been that kind of time. Um, everyone's stocking up on whatever they can, including the Ohio State uh, recruiting class of 2021. Spencer, the Buckeyes have stocked up. There have been four commitments since uh, Sunday afternoon when Ja'Kalen Johnson decided to end his recruitment by committing to Ohio State. Um you know, it's crazy. Like these things, I want to be clear, like these four guys that committed and Ja'Kalen Johnson, uh, Devonte Smith, Evan Pryor, and Andre Turrentine, all of them have said that like they were thinking about committing to Ohio State for a long time. So it's not like, I don't think that the uh, outbreak scare and the dead period stuff that's going on, like forced them into doing it. Uh, but I think that those guys probably realize, like, hey, a lot of other people who may not be sure are going to have this time where they're sitting at home not making any sort of visits, and it makes more sense to just get in right now while they fit in. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, this is going to be a limited class. You're not really sure what the number is going to be exactly, but you know that Ohio State's going to be pretty tight on a number crunch again next year like they are seems like every year so you're not really sure how many guys they're going to take and when the Buckeyes say hey we're taking you know three defensive I mean five defensive backs or hey we're taking two running backs and you know you want to be one of those spots you better get in now or else you're going to be left behind it seems because that class yeah, is they take up quickly it, right and they've taken three defensive backs now in the last two days uh and the question is ultimately do they have three defensive backs or do they have four because Jalen Johnson while he certainly uh is penciled in right now as a safety. Like I can't help but think that there's a good chance if things don't go the way they want with Barrett Carter, that maybe Jalen Johnson is the guy that fits the most natural to slide into that bullet um, combination hybrid position that they think that Barrett Carter could fill. So it, it's just interesting to see how they're going to play this out because there's so many other defensive backs that they're still looking for. Um, of uh, course, Tony Grimes, who was supposed to make a three-day trip to Columbus this spring, that's obviously not going to happen. I think that you can pretty much remove Ohio State from being a, a true contender in that re recruitment for now. Um, if he decides to push his recruitment into the fall, then maybe they have an opportunity to get back in that uh, if they have any room. Jordan Hancock obviously committed to Clemson. Ohio State remains in, in conversation with him and with his family, but the truth is, 
nobody ever really decommits from Clemson. That's going to be one uh, very difficult flip to happen if they think they can. And I think the the main goal right now, Spencer, is to find one more safety and one more cornerback. There's plenty of them out there, too, that Ohio State's interested in. You know, you've got a guy like Jalen Davies. You've got a Hunter Washington still out there, even somewhat in the lower on the totem pole. Um, you know, so it seems they're lower on the totem pole, Avante Dickerson. Um, and then, obviously, there's Derek Davis, who's a big fish out there, still ready for Ohio State to kind of make a move on that. So it's going to be difficult right now, but, you know, God gave us FaceTime, and, and this is a yeah. good time for uh, Ohio State to start using it. I mean, Derek Davis it. is interesting. I mean, his, his father, Derek Davis Sr., told me that he was planning on visiting Ohio State maybe three times this spring. And my uh, initial thought was that if you're visiting one school three times in like a six-week stretch, you have a pretty good idea that that's where you're going to be going to school. Uh, obviously, those visits aren't going to happen. And so you wonder how that impacts Ohio State. Ohio State. Clemson, Penn State are all very much in the mix for Derek Davis. Michigan, Notre Dame still trying to stay involved. Um, but ultimately, that's going I, to be I, a, go ahead. That's going to be a recruitment down to the wire, I feel like. I think that's going to be a, uh, a very good battle to watch uh, moving forward. Well, he's been to both places, Ohio State and Penn State, so many times. Um, but then you have the, this, the pull of Clemson, which obviously we can't continue to ignore. Um, but it is, in my experience covering recruiting, Pittsburgh area kids are, are a little bit different than a lot of other kids around the country. They are generally kids who want to stay close to home, which is why I think Ohio State and Penn State are the two teams that are really in the driver's seat for Derek Davis. But, um, you know, the question is, how long does he want to wait, knowing that if Ohio State is near the top of his list or at the top of his actual list, do you risk it um, or do you just wait and see what happens this summer? And that's the thing. A guy like him, Ohio State is not going to uh, pass up no matter what. Um, so that, that's They'll find kind room of, for him in the class. They'll find room for him. Right. And the same could be said for Jordan Hancock if he ever got to the point where he wanted to flip. But that can't be said for players like Jansen Dunn out of Bowling Green, Kentucky, who was offered by Ohio State two weeks ago, uh, as I wrote and talked about on this show. Uh, Ohio State is the leader there. The only real other competitor in that competition for his uh, recruitment is Oklahoma. And I just, if he's not been to Oklahoma and now he can't go to Oklahoma for until the season, for example, like it's, uh, I don't know, man. Like it just seems like a kid that if we're talking about guys who might want to decide to pull the trigger, knowing how he feels about Ohio State and, and he's been very glowing. Uh, about the Buckeyes and his reviews after visiting there in, in November and then visiting again uh, in early March. I, it, it's pretty much uh, a sign to me that he's a guy to watch, but his father, uh, Mitchell Dunn, told me that he is planning on being in sort of a uh, a, sta- a standstill right now. And, you know, how long does that last? I think it's a little dangerous to be in a standstill if you're a guy looking at Ohio State because – you know, we just saw four commits in 48 hours or 72 hours or whatever it is. The, a class can fill up really quickly at Ohio State. And I just, I don't know how I would feel um, if I was trying to make a decision and, and seeing all these guys commit. Uh, it's, there's got to be a little bit of pressure, not put on by Ohio State, but just naturally um, saying, hey, this class is filling up really quickly. You might want to get on board now. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, you know, and, and that's the same situation, I think, that, um, 
on a little bit more high profile basis that the Buckeyes are going to be in when it comes to the running back position. Um, now that Evan Pryor is committed and Evan Pryor is the number five ranked running back in the nation, obviously an elite player. Um, but at this point, the top two running backs in the country and Travion Henderson and, and Donovan Edwards up there in West Bloomfield, Michigan, who Ohio State's been the the presumptive leader for both of them, now are in a position where maybe they have to like stop their process, knowing they can't take visits anywhere and and knowing you can't take any visits anywhere probably till at least June, maybe longer if you listen to what the president said on on uh, Tuesday, on Monday. You know, this could go into August. Um, if that happens, then do those two just race to get into the Ohio State class? Like, do they just know that they have a position of power and say, hey, we're going to wait until the fall before we make any decisions? I, I don't get the impression that either one of them had any intent to wait that long uh, to begin with. I think it's going to be very interesting for Ohio State moving forward because they're going to continue to recruit both of these guys, but at the same time, they have to say, like, hey, one of you's in. And if you want in, get in because it's the other guy's gonna gonna do it because I think both of them, uh, you know, Ohio State's leading for both of them, and so I think it's going to be really interesting with the addition of Evan Pryor now. Um, you know, the public decision of Evan Pryor. I, I imagine Ohio State's known about this for a little bit now, but but the public decision of Evan Pryor. I, it's going to be really interesting to see what Tony Alford and the Buckeyes do, and I'm just I'm really happy. Uh, just on a personal note, from for Tony Alford to get a little bit of a monkey off his back and, and stop hearing a little criticism for a while. Yeah, and the thing with those guys is that both Travion Henderson and Donovan Edwards and Evan Pryor, for that matter, have all said they want to play with a second big-time running back in this class. They, none of them are scared of it. So Evan Pryor's decision doesn't force them to make a decision based on, hey, I, I need to get into a class. But like knowing that right now there's really only two guys left, and I know there's a lot of other names at running back like Corey Kiner and Lavoisier Carroll and Will Shipley and uh, guys all over the country that could fill that role. But like now the position that the Buckeyes are in, which is much more of a selection position as opposed to a uh, you know open borders type situation, uh, I think they really are going to be picky, and it comes down to driving the relationships with Henderson and Donovan Edwards and saying, we want one of you guys, please just let us know which one it's going to be. And I think that right now it feels like remarkably, it might be Travion Henderson who's closest um, to the situation. I talked to his coach, Ricky Irby on Monday and Ricky Irby told me that Ohio state's his leader right now. And I asked him, I said, is there any chance in your mind that he would commit before taking a visit to Ohio State? And his coach said what I what I didn't think he would say, which was absolutely not. His coach said, who knows, this virus thing has changed everything. And that's, I don't want to say that's saying something without saying something, but it certainly uh, lit uh, a doorbell in my mind. I don't know if you light a doorbell or not, but it rang a doorbell. Do I have a doorbell in my mind? I don't I don't know what's going on in your mind, Berm. I'm not going to lie. Mean, I, I have it, no it, idea. It made my ears perk up, and it felt like, again, like there was something being said that wasn't being said. Um, so so I'm just, you know, I, I, 
obviously took a little bit of heat from the old Clemson world uh, when I said Jordan Hancock was going to be a Buckeye if he returned to visit Ohio State, which I still believe. I mean, if he returns to visit to Ohio State, he will be a Buckeye. Nothing's changed there um, in my mind when it comes to that prediction, which was very simple. Is that another another double down for him? Yeah, again, it's the same prediction. If he returns to Ohio State, he'll end up at Ohio State. That, that's that's the prediction. But anyway, if Travion Henderson is anywhere close to making a decision, that's very good news for Ohio State, I think, because they're the leader. They're close enough to home where, again, Oklahoma is the, the other team I think is really involved here just based on their offense and, and what they can do uh, for running backs. And, and DeMarco Murray is the new running backs coach. But – the relationship that Trayvon Henderson has with Tony Alford, with Al Washington, with Ryan Day, uh, separates him from uh, the uh, separates Ohio State from the pack when it comes to the rest of the teams chasing him, even though he's never been on campus, and that's weird. Which is that's the J.K. Dobbins effect, right? You know, J.K. Dobbins had never visited campus and committed to Tony Alford, and then had an incredible career and had two thousand yards rushing. Trayvon Henderson could do the exact same thing. You don't, you just, you know, and the, again, this virus has changed everything. You know, we can't, yeah, be, it, it, we can't even, we can't even be in our office right now, let alone, you know, Trayvon Henderson coming from Virginia to visit Columbus to see where, if he wants to go to college there in 2021. Yeah. And I, it's what I talked about with Austin on Letterman live on Monday was like, does it really matter? Do campuses really matter? Do, does anyone, does any kid in America at this point, a high profile football recruit, out of if you took a hundred high profile football recruits every single year, is one or two of them going to give a crap about what a campus looks like? Well, the like, the thing that I always go back to is it was really eye opening after the Penn State game. We saw some recruits going out on the field uh, in the rain to get their picture taken on the field. Do you remember that, Berm? And like there there was no walking yeah, around was, campus in the there was right, no walking was, around campus in the rain. Right, Donovan Jackson and uh, J.C. Latham, a few other guys, yeah. But instead of going and walking around campus in the rain after the game, they went on the field in the you know and and, and made sure to take their pictures on the field, and that's that's more telling than anything. Like these guys care about the stadium they're going to be playing in and the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. They don't care about the Thompson Library or the Oval or you know what the campus rec center looks like. It's it just that's irrelevant. Right. 90, 90% of the time that they're on campus, when they're not in class, they're going to be in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, and that's it. The rest of campus life doesn't really matter. So what matters is getting a chance to talk to the academic advisors and figure out what type of programs they have academically for, for students, which you can do over the phone, which you can do over FaceTime. Like, it doesn't matter what the trees look like on campus. It doesn't matter to a kid from richmond virginia if ohio state's campus has nice you know blooming flowers on it like who cares so does him not getting to campus outweigh the fact that everything else that ohio state is presenting and showing him about their plan for him uh about their running back opportunities the the depth chart the way that they use the position the chance to win big 10 and national championships the chance to get drafted blah 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 does any of that stuff weigh less than a campus tour i don't think so there is part of me though berm a lot of these guys commit they say it felt like home when i visited and i think there is an important aspect of that where you have to feel comfortable on in the area that you are in and so i think there is still value to the visit that Trayvon Henderson could take 
but at the same time, you look at production and then, you know, we haven't even talked about the real life Wednesday program, which is kind of the supplemental. It's kind of the, uh, it's what they look at instead of going on the campus tour, they get the tour of what real life Wednesday can do for them. And so there is still that academic side of it. It's just different for these guys than it is for an international student who comes from, I don't know, Munich to see if they want to go to Ohio State. You know, Ohio State football, they show them Real Life Wednesday and the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. International students, they show them the library and the academic buildings. Right, but it's also, when you say feels like home, what what you're talking about, what these guys are talking about when they say it, it's not, I mean, again, yes, Columbus, Ohio is going to feel a lot more like home to a kid from St. Louis like J.K. Johnson than Clemson will. Um uh, a kid from Richmond, Virginia is going to feel more at home in a city like Columbus than he's going to feel in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So when they're saying home, it feels like home. They are talking, I guess, a little bit about the environment and the atmosphere. But what they're really talking about is the relationships with the people. And and that's what Ohio State is where they're winning when it comes to Travion Henderson right now. It's where they've been winning with Donovan Edwards. Um, and, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I just feel like I'm not going to be surprised if Travion Henderson makes a decision this week. But if he doesn't make a decision this week, I wonder if he'll then hold off until the summer, which is fine for Ohio State as well, because then at least you know he's going to take a round of visits. Yeah, and I think I think one thing we need to discuss about this, and I had already touched on it a little bit, is Tony Alford is doing a fantastic job with this running back situation. You know he built great he built great relationships in the class of 2020. He built great relationships in the class of 2019. They just were really loud outs, and and finally he's starting to to see some some outfield grass in that in that the hits that he's making. You know, and and it's it's pretty crazy because like I said, he made great relationships in the last two classes. Things just didn't yeah, fall. You in you his can direction. hit you can hit a a rocket shot line drive, and it can still get caught. You know what I mean? Like sometimes. You you just need uh, the ball to bounce your way, um, and what you saw with Bajan Robinson in 2020 was a kid who uh, the ball didn't bounce their way. His family wanted him to stay a little bit closer to home. Maybe a family that wants someone to stay a little bit closer to home is the reason why Travion Henderson will end up picking Ohio State over Oklahoma. You know, it's sometimes it just bounces back the other way. It's nothing, and has never been anything to do with the way that Tony Alford recruits and the people who have continued to say that it does are just flat out misinformed uh, at best. And perhaps, I mean, much more, you know, nefarious reasoning at worst. Um, but the, the reality is that Tony Alford has done a fine job recruiting. He has not signed a 20 uh, top 100 running back since Brian Sneed in 2018, but you know, you don't need to that that year they signed Snead and Master Teague and thought they were in good position in 2019. You you go out and you get Marcus Crowley, who was the Player of the Year in Florida, uh, and uh, Steel Chambers, who is one of the best athletes in the country. Even though you thought maybe he was going to end up playing linebacker, but you know the thing is, 2020, the ball just bounced the wrong way, and you look now at 2021 and the ball bounces back. That's the nature of sports. You lose out on two targets in 2020 at a place like Ohio state. The odds of you going out and and getting two damn good targets in 2021 is pretty high because the kids are smart enough to understand that there's a gap in the running back room. And Hey, uh, Ohio state running backs run can run for 2000 yards and get drafted and do it in 
you know, 400 carries. It's pretty crazy to me. You know, Ohio State does. Ohio State doesn't need a sales pitch. It, it's Ohio State. But then once you give Ohio State a sales pitch, you're seeing what can happen. 2021 is the prime example. Like Ohio State didn't need a sales pitch to get wide receivers, but look what happened when they got Brian Hartline to be their wide receiver coach. Everything just exploded because you're already getting guys just because you're, you're Ohio State. You're already in the conversation. But then once you get something elite in there to help that, it becomes even more. And now you're seeing that with, with running backs. They didn't need a sales pitch. Archie Griffin, Eddie George, J.K. Dobbins, Ezekiel Elliott, Carlos Hyde, I, the, uh, the list goes on. You know, you, you don't need a sales pitch for Ohio, to be Ohio State's running back. But when you have a slip in recruiting in 2019 and 2020, hey, that just gives you a, an even bigger sales pitch to work with. Say, hey, we're Ohio State, and oh, by the way, you know, there's this elephant in the room we need to discuss, and that's the running back situation. And so you're seeing what happens now where three of the top five backs in the country are jockeying to all get in this class before it's too late. Yeah, uh, we are here talking stuff about Ohio State football recruiting brought to you by our good friends at Byers Auto. If you're going to buy an auto, go to buyersauto.com. Spencer Holbrook, I'm Jeremy Birmingham. We've talked about uh, Ja'Kalen Johnson and and the, the push now that the Buckeyes can make for defensive backs. We've talked about the uncommitted running backs, but we haven't really talked about the guys who committed um, J.K. Johnson, who is the top four player in the country at his position, the number one player in Missouri. Um, I asked him who he tries to emulate in his game, and he said Jeff Okuda. Uh, he's been where Jordan Hancock, I think, was probably the number one player on the board at the cornerback position for Ohio State. Jaquiel Johnson was a very close second. And so it's a huge win for the Buckeyes. It's another big win in St. Louis. Um, Devontae Smith. When Austin Ward and I were in North Carolina last week, we filmed an episode of Talking Stuff, and that was last Wednesday. And I said, I expect that you'll see Devontae Smith uh, pick up an offer soon. Uh, that was after learning of the Jordan Hancock decision to Clemson. He was offered the next day and committed the day after that. Um, he is, from what I've heard from people around the Buckeyes program, kind of a Gary on Conley type, maybe a little bit uh, raw right now. Spencer, but athletically is elite. Um, and I just, I don't know, man, maybe I, it's, maybe it's the Ohio boy in me, but I just freaking love it. Freaking love it. When Ohio cornerbacks end up in the class. And they, they, they pretty much always work out too. You know, Ohio state has good track track record with, with cornerbacks. And, you know, if you can get one local that that's worthy of an Ohio state offer, then I guess you can't really complain about it in any fashion. Right. Yeah, I mean, you have the Denzel Wards and the Marshawn, Lattim- Marshawn Lattimore's and the Gary on Conley's and of the world that in the last handful of years, you know, maybe weren't uh, the highest rated guys. I mean, obviously, Lattimore was a four star. Conley was a four star, but he played more wide receiver in high school at Maslin and was initially committed to Michigan. Um, you know, I, I think we just have an opportunity in Ohio to see. I've talked about it before, and maybe it's just romanticizing the notion or something, but like. It, it does mean something special to those kids. And if you watch the Bermanology episode with Devontae Smith, like you can see it. The kid is wanting to jump through the screen talking about how excited he was to, to have the opportunity to be offered by Ohio State and commit to Ohio State. And I just, I don't know, I, I just, it's, it's really great to see it. Yeah, there's a personal aspect there where, you know, a kid grows up, you know, dreaming of playing for Ohio State and then all of a sudden he gets the offer and, he basically instantly commits because, you know, he's just so excited. And uh, it's, it is, it's interesting. And Ohio state just continues to do well and put that fence around Ohio, but also take this national recruiting approach. 
uh, that that they're getting really good at. Yep, for sure. And then you have uh, you know Andre Turrentine, uh, Turn Turrentine, who committed on Tuesday morning, and Turrentine. I'm telling you what, again, it, maybe it's my fault. Similar to going out there and talking to Javari Ritzy last week in North Carolina, but I think in some ways, like we don't talk about, we can't talk about everyone all the time. Uh, and especially if the kids themselves are not self promoters, then it makes it easier to um, to kind of forget them, I guess, because you know a lot of times what we write about and down in the eyes and talk about on talking stuff is reactive to what kids are posting or what's being said around the country. And Turrentine hasn't really said much, uh, but he visited in November and. It basically told me when we filmed uh, his commitment uh, interview for Bermanology that he knew what he was going to do since then. And like, nobody's talked about him. So I, it's just one of those situations where you look at a guy who six foot, 185, 190 pounds. And if you watch the tape of uh, Andre Turrentine, his uh, huddle film shows a guy that really likes to hit. And the Buckeyes c- uh, comparison, I guess would be like a Von Bell, um, Maybe a Damon Webb a little bit, a guy that started at corner and moved around and ended up in as a safety, a cover safety. So uh, I just think it's, you know, a really great fit for the Buckeyes, even though people don't really know much about him. And, you know, I'll relate this to the class as a whole. When you get uh, a Ja'Kalen Johnson and an Andre Turrentine in the same 48-hour span, that's how you rack up the guys to get a number one class. You know, getting an Andre Turrentine, the number 14 corner i think that's his that's what he is in the country is great for any program you know any program in the country would love to have him as their as their number one uh defensive back in their class but oh by the way if you add two more guys that are you know of the same ilk you know that's how you build out a class that can compete for the number one spot in the country and i think you know what the buckeyes have done at defensive back just in the last now i think 72 hours but you know in the 48 hours since since uh jacqueline johnson committed is they are filling out this defensive class to be just as good as it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. And that's where people had questions about Ryan Day. You know, where, where was the recruiting going to go defensively uh, when he first got hired? Because, you know, he's such an offensive-minded guy. But you're seeing that that this defensive class is going to be absolutely special with with uh, defensive backs in it. And I, I think uh, Kerry Combs, Al Washington, everybody who's done, it, done a piece on this defensive recruiting is going to deserve a, a pat on the back for what they're doing right now. Yeah, Turrentine, I mean, his ranking has been all, a little bit over the place. He's now the sixth-ranked safety in the country. So, you know, they've adjusted okay, where, yeah. they, where they see safety, him. Safety, corner, it, you know, he's a defensive back, I guess. Because it's weird because if you go to his 24-7 profile, it says cornerback on his prospect info. But it says uh, safety as his ranking. Yeah, it's it is a what, little bit what bizarre, is that? but that, again, that's the flexibility, I guess. I mean, uh, number one, I mean, those networks are constantly changing their stuff, but the uh, the it provides a little bit of glimpse, I guess, into his ability to be all over the field. Um, I can tell you, when I started writing uh, the analysis piece for the Turrentine commitment, which would go on the website on Wednesday, we're just trying to space that out a little bit. It it said he was the 14th ranked cornerback, and then by the time he committed on Tuesday morning, it said he was the sixth ranked safety. So um, he is flexible, and uh, is so flexible in fact that everyone can't keep up what position he plays. But uh, well, and go ahead. 
and that's why I wanted to, you know, just highlight how flexible all of these guys are. You know, they could play anywhere in this defense, and Ohio State's giving themselves the kind of flexibility, you know, running an NFL-style defense that, that Jeff Halfley ran and now running an, another uh, simple but NFL-style defense that Kerry Combs is going to run. All of these guys can play anywhere in the defensive backfield, and it just goes back to what you talked about a few weeks ago, Berm, that we can continue to touch on. It's almost a positionless recruiting strategy on the defensive side of the ball for Ohio State. And I think the best example of that maybe in, in any class that I can think of is Andre Turrentine because, you know, the experts can't even figure out where he's going to play. I just, you know, it's just amazing. We're in this uh, NCAA imposed recruiting dead period. And there are a lot of people out there who really, I don't think, understand what a dead period is, which just means you can't visit a campus and they can't visit you. I have read. And I, I just maybe I shouldn't poke fun, but it, it is it is tremendously enjoyable to read um, message boards in this time of year because people just don't understand the rules. And um, the number of people who have said uh, that Ohio State is not honoring the dead period by getting commitments is absolutely hilarious. Um, it, it's I don't know. It's just funny to me. I, I'm laughing um, at it because it, it is, you know. I'll be honest. I thought or I expected when this all happened in the last week that we'd see a slowdown, but I guess it does make sense. Ultimately that these kids are saying, Hey, I know where I want to be. Why am I going to waste my time? You can't play games in the recruiting world. If there are no games to play, you know what I mean? If you, and it goes back to the thing where like, I was never a recruit, but like, if I knew where I wanted to go, I would have just said it. And like, if you, if these kids know where they want to go and now they can't visit until June or July, why are they waiting? Because they've the likelihood of them already visiting is pretty good. They've already been on unofficial visits. They know what everything is. They know what the pitch is. They watch college football on TV. They know what to expect. And so if you know where you want to go, just commit now because you're going to have to wait till June or July and just keep sitting there thinking about these unofficial visits and just wait to take more of them if you don't commit now. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's what it is. There, There is no game to play. There is no recruiting game going on. So like – if you know where you want to be, if you want to be in that spot come six months from now, when everything gets back to normal, uh, you may find yourself on the outside looking in if you don't take full advantage of, of the, uh, the opportunity to say yes. So it, it's turned out quite well for Ohio state Spencer. Um, and maybe it gets better this week. We'll see, as, as I mentioned, we'll see what happens with, uh, the guy in uh, Virginia and Travion Henderson and, We'll go from there, but you and I can catch back up about that later. Uh, this has been Talking Stuff. It is the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and sponsored by our good friends at Byers Auto. That is hey, Spencer. Bro. Hey, Spencer. Before we get out of here, I just want to ask you one thing. You've been really oh, good about proclamation. You've been really good about proclamations lately. Um, if you look at the team ranking right now, I know I'm going to keep asking you this, but as it continues to develop, does anybody catch Ohio State? I mean, it's hard to say. Again, like last year, Ohio State had – three five-star guys and like four or five different other guys who were top 75 players in the class and they finished fifth. So that was a class that was obviously built a little bit differently. And you're dealing with a handful of guys that they took early in the process, uh, developmental guys around the state of Ohio that they're not taking in 2021. I'm just going to, Ohio state will not finish lower than number two in this class. If things, it, if they end up getting a Travion Henderson or, or someone like that, because again, the difference between Travion Henderson and Donovan Edwards in the ranking is not that much. Like Donovan Edwards is number two, Travion Henderson's number one, but in their uh, ranking like point system, it is a major difference. 
Um, so you need to have that kind of tremendous win. And it's funny. I mean, you look at guys like Troy Stilato, who's the top target for Ohio State at wide receiver and has been for six months. He is going to l- significantly lower their their recruiting average, which is stupid, right? But he'll continue to rise, though. But yes, he, as of now, right. he would he as, would as significantly right now, he would lower, lower the their 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 ranking. But Ohio State obviously doesn't care that much about that. But that said, they want to win. Um, if if JT Tuamalo and Emeka Abuka and Travion Henderson join a class that is already existing, that's the number one ranked class in the country by a wide margin, and then you throw in Jagger Burton or J.C. Latham, and then you throw in a couple defensive linemen that are all going to be highly ranked, uh, it's going to be very difficult for anyone to catch them. But when you're talking about uh, Georgia, who's won the last two net, uh, recruiting championships, Alabama and Clemson, anything can happen. But I certainly think it's further proof that we are seeing a NCAA basketball type of effect with the highest ranked players in the country where, quite simply, they're looking at four or five schools and that's it. And uh, I think the Buckeyes are in a position right now to end up winning the recruiting championship, uh, which they haven't done since 2008 so should be an interesting few weeks and it's going to get even more interesting again instead of Travion Henderson decides to shock the world and end his recruitment without taking a visit to a number of his top uh, targets or his top options so anyway Spencer Holbrook Jeremy Birmingham Letterman Row find us online at lettermanrow.com continue to rate and review and subscribe on our podcasts and YouTube channels and everything else Spencer, we'll talk soon. Everyone uh, stay safe, get some rest, keep yourselves isolated, and keep yourselves listening to us at Letterman Row and no one else. That's fine. You can listen to other people. Bye now.